listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Tuesday, the 12th of April. This is Recap brought to you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone. Hey, here's a disclaimer. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. G'day there, Michael. Hey, Jose. How's it going? It's going very well. Sorry, I don't know what that voice was I did just before the disclaimer. I'm, I don't quite know where I was going there. I don't really I know what happened. I thought there might be another guest. <laughs> uh, just in my head, mate. Just in my head. Let's crack on, though. Lots to talk about. Uh, Michael Pockpers, what's the worst thing you've ever bought online? Um, oh, I don't buy very many things online, to be honest, but I think probably the one that I regret the most was I bought some expensive lenses for my iPhone because I thought I'd be a clever iPhone photographer. Um, and I, you know, they're all, you know, lots of fun, really good. And then I proceeded <laughs> yeah. a couple of weeks later to go and uh, upgrade my phone. And so they didn't work anymore. We, well, yeah, um, you so had I a did. beautiful three weeks. It was a dream for three weeks and it was beautiful. Well, exactly. Sure. Yeah. I, all I remember is yeah. buying a, a pair of $11 Bluetooth headphones that just did not work for one second <laughs> and they were immediately thrown into the bin. Uh, well, there'll be a lot more to buy, though. That was a terrible segue of e-commerce giant Shopify as it just announced a stock split, albeit one with an unusual provision. I feel like I hear about Shopify a lot, but I don't think I've ever actually used it. So what's the what's the deal with Shopify? Yeah, it's a good question. The company's based in Canada and it's the brain child of two friends, one of those being uh, the current CEO, Toby Lutke. They opened an online store for snowboarding gear initially, uh, realized they weren't having a good time with any of the current uh, online commerce platforms, so they made their own. 30, uh, well, 16 years later, the company has grown to an annual net income of around $3 billion and has a market cap of $20 billion. But in terms of what it actually does, it's a cloud-based retail platform designed for small to medium-sized businesses to sell all their goods. Awesome. Thank you. That's definitely ringing bells. So what's the, what's the skinny on the stock split? Yeah, so a stock split is exactly what it sounds like, and it, it is as difficult to say as it sounds. A share gets divided into more shares. So in Spotify's, uh, oh, sorry, I knew I was going to do this. I knew I was going to say Spotify instead of Shopify. <laughs> so in Shopify's case, they've announced a 10 for 1 stock split. And what that means is for every share of Shopify you own, you get nine additional shares. So stock splits have been pretty popular this year with some of the bigger tech companies uh, like uh, Google, Tesla and Amazon. They've all announced splits. And the reason companies do stock splits is to make their shares more attractive to a wider group of investors. So, uh, for example, if my company uh, making hats for bananas, which is called Banana Flaps Co., uh, now it's got a share price of $100, say, after a 10-for-1 stock split, the price for a single share is now $10. Not everybody has $100 to spend on shares, but a lot more people probably can spare $10 to own part of a company pushing out the latest in fruit headwear. 
It's important to note, though, this doesn't change the fundamentals of the company. The, the shares haven't become cheaper. The value of the company hasn't changed. It's simply breaking the company into smaller bits. Gotcha. That seems simple enough. Um, but you mentioned that there was something unusual about the stock split. What's, uh, what's that all about? Yeah, so the announcement today is that the board of Shopify have approved that 10 for 1 stock split, but they need to get shareholder approval for it to go ahead. And in the provisions they're going to put to a vote at the next shareholder meeting is the creation of a new class of shares. They're calling this the founder share. And what it does is it gives the CEO Lucky a variable number of votes which combined with his existing shares gives him a total voting power of 40%. He can't transfer those founder shares to anyone else and he loses them if he's no longer an executive or on the board. Simply speaking, it's a proposed share structure that's meant to protect Shopify from unsolicited takeover bids. That does sound pretty unusual. So when's the when's the shareholder meeting? It's due to happen on the 7th of June. Shopify's uh, share price, if you're interested, is currently sitting at 617 US dollars and 38 cents. That is an increase of 2.5% from close on Friday. My turn for a pop quiz, Jose. Great. When you think of the past when you think over the past couple of years, what's the first thing that comes to mind? For some reason, um, the, uh, a McDonald's ice cream sundae just popped into my head. I think I had one like maybe six months ago. And what a great was, thing to pop into your head. It was, it was fine. It was fine. It was what I needed at that time. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, challenge you on that, and I'm going to say Ooh. that the thing that, um, which, I, which I'm sure is you know, way better than a, um, <laughs> than a McDonald's sundae, is... Um, uh, the standoff between Meta, Google, and uh, the Australian news organisations that's been happening over the past couple of years, um, in particular about the way Meta and Google use journalists' content for free. Uh, right. I do remember that. I actually feel quite chastened. That wasn't the first thing I thought of, and I went straight <laughs> for the ice cream sundae. Uh, the journalist oh, one that one. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> I said you're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> the the journalists won that one, though, didn't they? The... the... Yeah, sort of. So the Australian government passed a law a few months ago saying that companies like Meta and Google are now required to come to an agreement with news organ news and media organisations, um, in return, you know, in return for using the content on their sites, which uh, up until now they've been getting for free. Yeah, that's cool, but it's old news. Why are you bringing it up now? Savage. I thought it was still interesting. But okay. <laughs> it, um, is, it is. It's just old. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, something similar is about to happen in New Zealand, which is is really interesting. Um, the NPA, which is the News Publishers Association, was just given provisional authorization by the Commerce Commission to begin collective bargaining with Meta and Google to seek fair payment for the New Zealand journalism that they're using on their platforms. Uh, the NPA represents journalists in New Zealand, including companies like NZME and Stuff, uh, as well as a whole bunch of other smaller independent organizations. Getting collective bargaining in the situation basically just means that companies uh, that, you know, these media organizations can now work together in a way that would normally be prohibited by competition law in New Zealand. Normally, companies aren't allowed to work together like this because it would be bad for consumers. It's, it's when you get things like price fixing and, and monopolies, if you don't sort of clamp down on that. 
but in this case, given the size and power of Meta and Google, um, the Commerce Commission didn't feel that there was a huge amount of risk of them being unfairly disadvantaged by New Zealand media banding together to negotiate these terms. Yeah, it does seem like a very much David and Goliath situation. It also sounds like a pretty big win for journalists. Should we be celebrating? Yeah, it certainly seems seems that way, but it's it's definitely worth acknowledging that it's these are really early days. There's there's a long way to, for uh, a long way for these uh, organisations to go. So collective bargaining means that they're allowed to negotiate together, but uh, obviously they've still got to actually do the negotiations, uh, and those can take a long time and and won't necessarily go the way journalists want. Um, it's not quite the same as what happened in Australia, which is uh, where the government actually passed a law saying that Meta and Google have to make a deal with journalists if they want to continue operating in Australia. Mm. So, so what happens next? Well, we don't really know. Some organisations were already negotiating with Google uh, before this, and some of those have already entered into agreements. Uh, but in terms of the outcome of this, this particular development, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with the rest. Great. Thank you very much, Michael. Now, a bit of news over on the Australian Stock Exchange regarding one of the giant COVID-19 vaccine makers and a Brisbane company who reckons they can use smartphones to detect the virus. What? Tell me more. Oh, I'd be happy to. Uh, So Pfizer, we all know Pfizer, or more accurately, it's Australian-based subsidiary, has inked a deal to acquire an ASX-listed company called Rezap. The two companies have agreed to Pfizer buying all shares in Rezap for 11.5 cents each. Uh, That implies a total value of the company at 100 million Australian dollars and is almost at a 28% premium compared to Rezap's share price on closing last Friday. So what does what does Rezap actually do? You mentioned they were using phones to detect COVID. Yeah, in a nutshell, the company's been developing machine learning software which can detect the presence and severity of respiratory illnesses just from audio recordings of coughing created by a smartphone app. Last month, the company actually announced a 92% sensitivity to detecting the COVID virus. That is absolutely wild to think that 50 years ago we went to the moon on a on the power of a graphics calculator and now we're doing this. That's it's incredible, crazy. right? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So, so what are the details of the deal? So Pfizer would enter into a research and development license agreement with Rezap to, uh, to collaborate on R&D for COVID-19 related products. Rezap gets a $3 million upfront license fee as well as a $1 million milestone payment based on clinical trials. The deal is subject to uh, the normal regulatory approvals and also on shareholders voting to accept the deal in a meeting scheduled for mid-June. Investors, by the way, who participated in the 2015 IPO of Rezap would be looking at a 422% return on their investment. And just super quickly before we go, last week we talked about the $2.4 billion bid by Perpetual to take over ASX-listed investment firm Pendle. Today the Pendle board rejected that bid and revealed a $100 million share buyback. The board said the office significantly undervalued the current and future value of Pendle and wasn't in the best interests of shareholders. That was Recap for the 12th of April. Thank you for listening. We'd love you to leave a rating review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Our email is recap at sharesies.co.nz and 
You can also leave a voice message. There's a link in the episode description. We'll see you tomorrow for more recap. Sure will. Matewa, see you then.